And uh, Stephanie was doing all those languages. I wanted to say to my Jewish friends, Shona Tova, which means Happy New Year. Today is the Jewish New Year. I mispronounced it in the coffee room, and uh, Dave Hinders corrected me in my pronunciation. I still didn't get it right. <laughs> well, we're reading from 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 uh, through 27, and Carolyn Basegi is going to read for us. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. And Lord, we just pray. We open our hearts to you now and we pray, Lord, as we talk about your word, you would open our eyes to see what you have done in our lives together. We just commit our hearts and our lives to you. We want to be disciples who make disciples. We want to be disciples who are growing. And we want to be disciples who are growing together. And we want to do all this for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I want to just make a comment about this uh, slide here. We're in our fourth message in our discipleship series called Follow Me. And you'll notice this is a very, it's a, an important, a nice image. It shows that Jesus, it's a picture kind of like Jesus helping us climb over a mountain individually. And that's an aspect of being a disciple. We have a personal relationship with Jesus, and he helps us personally, one-on-one. We have a, a relationship with him personally. But it misses something. This, this image misses something about what it means to be a disciple. And um, that's because the work of salvation even though we experience it personally in our lives, we turn from our sin, we come into the kingdom, he fills us with his Holy Spirit, but then the Father does something. He welcomes us into his family. And God is not about building a person, he's about building a people. Jesus said, I will build my church. And his church, and, and, and he loves us individually, but he's doing something in us together. So I thought this image missed it. So I, I, I was working this week, and I'm, I'm thinking of getting a career in graphic design. 
So I don't know what you, what do you think of my slide? I, I've approved it. <laughs> you, you can see because, you know, sometimes the reality is sometimes uh, when we're facing a mountain in our lives, another brother or sister helps us, don't they? We experience the love of Christ through one another. We live these lives of faith and in the spirit together. And sometimes Jesus uses brothers and sisters to help us get over that mountain. And that's, I think, part of the imagery of our text. Because even though discipleship is a way you talk about your own walk with God, we're we're pursuing discipleship when we are knowing, loving, and obeying Jesus and encouraging others to do the same. But we're also practicing discipleship when we help others know, love, and obey Jesus and encourage them to do the same, right? It's used both ways, individually and corporately. And today we're going to talk about how the body grows together and why we need each other and how important it is that we live our lives together in meaningful relationships. And I love this text. Uh, it's one of my favorites because this church in Corinth, it, it was an imperfect church. There were divisions there. There was pride there. The, some of the guys and gals were identifying with leaders and saying, we're of Paul, we're of Cephas. Some of them were just uh, thinking of them so highly. They, they, they thought they were better than others. They had better spiritual gifts. The weak didn't care about the strong, or the strong didn't care about the weak and, and their sacrifices. There were so many problems in the church. And Paul's writing to talk about all those issues. And here in chapter 12, he begins to talk about spiritual gifts. And he starts in verse 1, he says, now concerning spiritual gifts. He turns to them. And, and then he says in, in verse 7, to each is given a manifestation of the spirit for the common good. He tells them that when you come into the kingdom, you receive a spiritual gift for the good of others. And now he's going to start talking about how those gifts work together. So we have three simple points this morning. Our first is this. Diverse disciples are one in Christ. Diverse disciples are one in Christ. We're a very diverse group, and the church is a diverse group in Corinth. And I believe that's, that brings glory to God. Look at verse 12. It says, for just as the body is one... And has many members. Look how many times the word one and body and spirit are used in this text. I kind of draw them out there in the the image there. Just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. And again, the many, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we were all made to drink of the one spirit. You know, when we, we begin to we think about ourselves and our need for one another, we, we can start with ourselves, and we can begin to think about our differences. We can think about how different we are, and we can easily dismiss our need for one another. Um, there's a diversity here. Maybe some of the people need other Christians, but maybe we don't feel the need. Maybe I'm more of a Lone Ranger type of Christian. But Paul wants us to understand something about the body and our need for the body this morning. And he begins by emphasizing that something profound has happened. Something amazing has happened. Something historic has happened in bringing a diverse people. This is the fulfillment of the promise that was given to Abraham that from his seed he would bless all the nations of the world. And look in verse 12 and 13. Notice how many times the word one is used. Uh, the body, the word body is repeated Uh, Three times in verse 12 and once in verse 13. And one is repeated twice in verse 12. It's repeated three times in verse 13. He's he's making a point, isn't he? He's making a point that though we're diverse, though we're different, 
So there's all these different kinds of people, ages, categories. We're one in Christ. Now, I love why Stephanie was just greeting us in all those greetings because we're a small picture of the body of Christ around the world. Every nation, every tribe, every tongue. And when we come together, something happens. And it's not just because we're working at it. It's not because we just like we just love diversity. No, this is a spiritual work. It's an actual thing that God does in our lives. And it's real. Look at it says in verse 13, how, how we come together to be one. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. It says, for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews and Greeks, slaves are free. And we were all made to drink of one spirit. If you're part of his church, if you've been born again, you have been baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. Your relationship has changed with other Christians. You're now a part of the body of Christ. And, it's, it, and look at the diversity. He says Jews and Greeks. You know, in Galatians 3, he, he increases it. He says male and female, slave and free. He doesn't say it all here, but it's all implied. doesn't matter what category you're in. If you've been baptized by the Spirit into, into Christ and you're in union with Christ and you've experienced the benefits of salvation, you are part of His one body. The one is made up of many. And later on, we'll see in verse 27, we don't lose our individuality in this. He says, now you're the body of Christ and individually members of it. But that individuality is expressed in unity. There is a commonality. And we're to live our lives together in a profoundly different way than we did before we came to know Jesus Christ. The Spirit makes us one in Christ. And what's so encouraging about this, because, you know, we are going to face challenges in our lives. We're going to face difficulties. We're going to have to climb mountains. We're going to, at times, suffer. We're going to, at times, have needs. But you know what? Because it didn't work, this work did not begin with us, we can pray together. We can invite the Holy Spirit to fill us. We can ask for power. When we have differences, we can pray together. We can seek God together. And we can anticipate this is something that we can believe and expect. When we're having trouble, when we have difficulties, when we're celebrating, we ask for the Spirit. Jesus said, streams of living water will well up from within you. You will experience the Holy Spirit's ministry as you walk with Jesus Christ. Isn't that an amazing promise? And so he who began that good work in us is going to bring it to a completion. It's not dependent on our own strength. We're going to talk a lot about things that we need to do this morning. But it's not about us. It's about Jesus. Notice it says, so it is with Christ. He's talking about the body, but he emphasizes Christ. Remember on the road to Damascus, Paul, uh, Jesus said to Saul, 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 why do you persecute me? Saul was persecuting the body of Christ. Jesus is so identified with us. And this church and every local church is to be about him. It's the body of Christ, the body of Christ. It is with Christ, and we are Christ, and we are one, and it's an amazing thing. We're brought together by the Spirit, and why? Why, do we, why are we brought together by the Spirit? Well, there's something profoundly necessary that we be together. We're not designed to do this alone. We're not designed to walk out the Christian life alone. We're not designed to do the mission of Christ alone. So we, this is, leads to our second point. And it starts in verse 14. Disciples need other disciples. For disciples to be healthy, we need to be a part of a diverse body working together. And look what he says here in verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. 
If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God has arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't have any need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, the body of the the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And in those parts of the body we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And on our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. So, earlier we mentioned in verse 7, Paul has said, To each of you has been given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So every person in this group today, every one of you, has a gift or gifts that are for the good of the body of Christ. That's very important that we understand that. And, you know, he, Paul addresses two groups here in the church in Corinth. Uh, every, he's speaking to two different categories. The first one he speaks to, he says, uh, the foot can't say to the hand, I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, nor the ear to the eye. So maybe you think of your gifts. You might be in this category, and you think, when, when the Lord gave out his gifts, I was kind of at the back of the line. There weren't a lot left. All the good ones had been taken. And, you know, I'm, my gifts are just, they're just, they're not that impressive. And, and notice the words. It says, it says, uh, you can't say, since I'm, the, 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 hand, the foot can't say to the hand, since I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. You see that? It's, it's like when we say, when we say, well, I'm different. You know, I don't, I'm not like everybody else in that church. My gifts are kind of, a little bit more artsy or whatever, whatever category you use. They're less impressive. I don't know if I fit in. I don't belong. I don't know if I'm that important. And to that, Paul says, God's word to this morning tells us that as a diverse people, we need every gift functioning, every single one for the body to be the body. Now, maybe, maybe you're on the other side of the coin, like some of these Corinthians who were like, they thought their gifts were like the best. They're like, man, check out my gifts. You know, and, and it's like, I don't, and what they say when they say, I don't really need your gift. I got, I got, I got, well, I was at the front of the line when Jesus gave out gifts. Mine are impressive. So just basically saying, I really don't need the body of Christ because I really, I'm, I'm pretty self-sufficient. I can make it on my own. I don't need the church. You know, the church actually slows me down in my spiritual life. And um, I can I think this can be more of a temptation. I mean, it was a temptation, obviously, in Corinth because Paul's addressing it. But I think for us today, it can be more of a temptation because we have so we have so much prosperity and we have so much connectedness through social media. We can we can we can follow thousands of people on Instagram we can, be follow- we can even follow Jesus on Instagram. You know, we, can, we get scriptures into our inbox every morning. We can, we can find an app that will bring scriptures to our phone every morning and just kind of lead us through our discipleship process. And that's good. I'm not making fun of those things. Some of those things are helpful, right? But then we can, we cannot be on the phone. In our, we, we can be on our computer and we can be talking to 
five or six different friends at the same time. And it's an amazing thing. It's a, it's a crazy, amazing thing. But I think because we have so much social media technology and connectedness, we can sometimes not feel our need for real relationships. We can forget that God created us to actually be related to other human beings and that there's supposed to be certain qualities that he's going to talk about in this text. And, and, and so we don't feel our need. And so maybe we're not proud, but we just say, I don't, I don't really need the church. I, I, I'm, I'm good. I've got a personal relationship with Jesus. And that's to the detriment of two things. That, you know, that doesn't just hurt you when you say that. It hurts the body. Because we have to use our gifts in the body for the body to be blessed. And the body needs your gifts for it to be fully functioning. But also, we need it for our spiritual health. We need to be giving. We need to be a part of the body. We need to be participating in God's kingdom for our spiritual help. We do need others. And we need to play a part. As uh, when I was, uh, We were at the new members class this week, and... One of the members said, discipleship is not a solo project. And I said, I just, amen. I said, amen. We don't walk out our lives as disciples alone. And the bottom line here is no one is self-sufficient. Not one. Every disciple needs other disciples in their lives. Every single one. Not one of us is self-sufficient. And, you know, these gifts that we have, they're, they're on display and and, I, and this is not for, for, I think for our church, this is not a corrective word, but we always want to be listening and saying, I'm sure that this applies to different ways, different ones of us in different ways. But I want to point out, sometimes we, we don't even appreciate how many people are serving all around us. You know, just imagine if people in our congregation were not applying this this morning, that, that, they, that we all had the attitude well, we don't need our spiritual gifts. We just need the elders in the church. They're the only ones that really are important. So I'm going to come to church, and I'll just let the elders do the work. So we come into the church this morning, and there's no ushers out there to greet us. So if we've got a stroller, we've got to get our ways into the door. There's no one at the welcome table because uh, they don't want to get here early, and they didn't think their gift was that important. So the table's a little messy. It's hard to find out what's going on in the church. We're rubbing the sleep out of our eyes, and we get, I'm going to grab a cup of coffee. But there's no coffee. Because they didn't think their gift was that important. So we come into the meeting, expecting to worship God, and there's no band. It's only Matt up here. Because the band thought, well, my gifts are not that important. I don't want to come on Saturday to practice and really do a good job. So Matt's up here playing, but he's no sound system because the sound guys didn't think their gifts were important either, so they didn't come. And there's no projection, so we've got to hand out pieces of paper so we can sing the songs because, well, the projection team wasn't important. And thank you, guys. Thank you for what you do. But then, we could, and I want to clap for all of these people because they're all doing amazing things. But so then you come in, we're going to hear the message now. There's no sound system, so we're here, but not... Not only were we here, all of the kids are here. <laughs> Babies and everybody. Because, well, the children's ministry didn't think they were that important. To 
make disciples downstairs. That's not that big. It's just kids, right? So all the kids are here, and i got kids coming up to me, talking to me while I'm speaking. And... <laughs> Welcome to the body of Christ. Of course, that is, is, it's absurd. But there's a picture of how just even we experience this amazing truth just every Sunday morning. It's an amazing thing. And thank you. I do want to thank you all. I want to thank the children's ministry workers, the ushers, the greeters. But you know what? I want to encourage you. Where are you serving in the church? Where are you making your contributions? Because the children's ministry, they need four more teachers. You may say, well, I don't know, I've got those gifts. Well, you may not, but talk to Brenda. She's going to be at a table in the lobby afterwards. Ushers need more people to serve. The projection team, these guys serve tirelessly, but they need more folks. You can sign up for all those things out in the lobby afterwards if you want to. But I just want to encourage you, be serving. And our, because our gifts are designed to be worked together, they're to work to, we all have a contribution to make. Look at verse 18 here. As it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one as he chose. If we all had the same gifts, what kind of body would we be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seemed weaker are indispensable. I love this word, indispensable. You are indispensable. There's no throwaways in the body of Christ. Not one person here can say, I don't matter. And, and, and notice he has three categories that he's talking about here. He's talking about the weak, the unpresentable, and the less honorable. And he says to us, we're to honor these people. We are to lift them up and let them know how important they are. The, the, the commentators agree that most of these things, they're the inner parts of the body, the parts that you can't see, and, of course, the parts that require modesty, the parts that are covered up. You can't see them at work. They're less, you know, obvious and significant, perhaps. And we're to, we're to show honor to them. You know, our, I, I, you know, I think in our culture, these could be categories of people like um, teenagers or the elderly. You, people sometimes think, well, when you get older, you're not that important anymore. You know, you get, put them to the side. Or teenagers, they, I want to just say this. If you're elderly here, if you're a teenager here, you're an important part of the body. And use your gifts in ways that you can. And, you know, as we, as we live this way, something amazing happens in our community. It's just, it's an amazing thing. Um, that we, we actually begin to experience care for one another. We begin to experience a life together that's powerful. You know, we, we want to be, as we've talked about in this series, disciples who know, love, and obey Jesus and encourage others to do the same. But we also want to be those who are contributing to others, too. We want to be giving our lives away. We want to be making the whole body work together. Disciples need other disciples. This is on the side of serving. But there's another aspect uh, to the body in this text that I want to talk about. Um, we need real relationships that help us just not, not only in, um, just in mission, but in discipleship and care. And so our final point is this. Disciples are fit together to grow together. Notice verse 24. For God has composed the whole body 
giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. When we get this right, when we are exercising our gifts, when we're giving honor to all who deserve it, we are protected from division. This is a spiritual principle. That word division is the word schisma in the Greek, schisms. Our body is protected when we're investing our lives together, when we're serving together. And, and it's, it's an amazing thing. And, and this, it, this is a picture of relationships that's powerful. Remember what Jesus said. He said, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples. How? By the way you serve? No, it's by the way you love one another, right? So as we're giving our lives away to each other, we're putting on display the love of Christ. This church was messed up. It was sinning in numerous ways, and yet they had been given gifts for the common good. Now, go back to verse 24 with me. Notice the word composed. That word means combined. It means fit together. It means to mix together or to blend together. Now, I I like cooking. I've taken it up in the last few years. And when I first started cooking, I would follow a recipe. You know, and I still do follow recipes. You don't have to worry if you come visit me. I I do follow recipes. And I'd love to cook for you sometime. But I remember when I first started, and I'd look up, and it would say, like, put three tablespoons of cumin, two tablespoons of coriander, one tablespoon of chili pepper. And you'd make that recipe, and sometimes just wasn't right. You know what I'm talking about? Because the person who put the recipe together has a different taste than you. And maybe it's just they, they really like cumin. And I like cumin. But now, as I've kind of learned to cook a little bit more, and I'm way behind my wife. She's a much better cook than I am. But I love cooking. I now make my own choices, and I try to blend it so it's perfectly blended together. Well, this word here It helps us to see the master chef has a master recipe for the church. And it includes every one of us. He has a master recipe. I love the way the Amplified Translation translates this. He says, look at this on the the screen. God has so adjusted, mingled, harmonized, and subtly proportioned the parts of the whole, the body. Isn't that neat? God has composed us just as we need to be composed. You know I love this picture of the church. It's God has mixed us right so that as we labor together, we actually express care to one another. There's care that comes out of that. It's not just it's not just work, it's not just gifts. This whole thing is about love. Think about it. What's the next chapter after 12? Chapter 13. And what does he say in chapter 13? It's what everybody knows it, right? It's all about love. It's about love. If, if we do all these things, if we exercise our gifts and whatever, but we don't have love, we're like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. It's useless. The whole thing is about love. Experiencing the love of Christ for us and then allowing that to flow out into the body of Christ so that the body of Christ experiences that. This is real relationship. And friends, discipleship 
takes place in the context of real relationship. When you think about it, Jesus said, follow me to his disciples. What was he doing? He was living with them, right? He was walking with them. He was talking with them. He knew what was going on in their lives. And so when he spoke to them from the word of God, the word of God was alive to them. They were living out their lives together. And, and this kind of relationship, this spiritual relationship that brings us together, it has a profound impact in our lives to change us and change our experience of community. And it has a profound potential to impact the world. Look at verse 26 here. Look at this. Look how the body relates to other parts of the body. When one member suffers, the other parts feel their pain. When one has a reason for rejoicing, rejoicing they're called to rejoice. Paul says this in Romans 12, rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep. This is, stop for a second and think about this. Just think about what he's saying here. We're to be so connected that when someone else hurts, the other parts of the body hurt. And that's, that's the way we live, isn't it? We, we've, we've, done, we've felt this, haven't we? If you haven't, I invite you to be a part of the body of Christ so you can experience this kind of life together, this real relationship. The picture is this. You know, I, want to, I want to share a little story. There's a member of our church. Her name is Cheryl Krell, longtime member here. Dale's here this morning, her husband. A couple of weeks ago, she was uh, running a, a fundraising. She was in a fundraising event for her daughter's Christian school. And um, Cheryl's about my age, you know, and she's climbing over a wall. And when she steps down on the ground, she stepped awkwardly and broke her ankle in five places. You know, I don't think her head was saying, that's just the ankle. Don't worry about it. Her hand wasn't going, I'm glad that wasn't me. You know, you, if you ever sprained your ankle, or you know your body is screaming. That's what it's like, right? That's, that's a picture. When someone else in the body is hurting, where to hurt? When someone else is... And, you know, and it's costly. This is costly relationship. I, I, I was talking to, this week with Matt McCartney about it. He sprained his ankle. Remember, he was up here in his boot this uh, spring. And um, he said when he was walking around on his crutches, he actually began to hurt his shoulder... And he needed physical therapy for his shoulder because his body was compensating because of the pain in another part of his body. And I think that's kind of a little bit of a picture of our relationships. The kind of care that we express towards each other here is costly care. It's not just some light and glib care. Remember, Jesus said he came to the earth not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And he says, follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. It's costly. So when we follow Jesus, we actually we start to do things that we wouldn't normally do. It's not natural, but it's as we grow in our relationship with him, as we know, love, and obey him and encourage others to do the same, and we're playing our part, what happens is our heart changes, and we begin to love each other in deeper ways and more profound ways, and we start to give our lives away in ways that we could never have imagined. I remember when I was a new Christian, I was at church, and the pastor was talking about this kind of stuff, and I was very, I just came out of worldliness and selfishness, and, 
And I just remember the thought went through my head. I could never be a pastor. Because if there was ever a hockey game on, I was a huge hockey fan. I said, if there was ever a hockey game on and someone was in the hospital, I couldn't go. I was being serious. That's where I was in my discipleship. I, I can't relate to that guy now, honestly, because I, it, it's not even, it doesn't matter to me. Hockey doesn't matter to me anymore. And I'd rather be at the hospital with someone suffering. But I'm just saying, this is the work of the Spirit. It's not me. I, I'm not a better person because of my, I worked hard at it. It's because the Spirit of God. And I experienced the love of the body. And I saw people living this out. And God did a work. And God is doing a work among us. So that we can love and care for one another. So that when someone is sick, we go into action and we meet their needs. We make meals for them. We babysit for them. We do. Cheryl's community group was giving rides to her grandson who needed rides. And Cheryl, we welcome you and we say hi to you because I know she's watching right now. We love you. But... um, they're, they're, the community group's giving rise to her grandson. Practical ways. Uh, someone mentioned it this morning in the service. I, remember, I don't remember where it was, but when someone has needs financially, we come together, we help each other. This is the body of Christ. It's, it's, it's profound care. It, when, when someone's new to the faith, we come alongside of them and we say, can I help you grow? I remember when I was a new believer and I was involved with a, a college fellowship on campus. And one of, I'm literally, I'm, I'm saved. I, I was barely saved. It was like two weeks. I'm there at the meeting. I'm on roller skates because I've been roller skating. I remember someone invited me to this meeting, so I roll into the meeting. The guy, they're singing uh, uh, Our God Reigns, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, this is, you shouldn't be singing Our God Reigns. That's so exclusive, you know. I was, but the guy says to me, can I disciple you? I never heard the word disciple used as a verb. I had no idea what he meant. I said, what do you mean? He says, well, I'll meet with you. You read some stuff, and we'll talk about it. I I had no idea what he meant, but I said, sure, that sounds good. And that began like a 10-year process where I had someone helping me grow for 10 years, different men in the church. We started on campus. The next, When I joined the church, one of the pastors discipled me, just reading the word with him, teaching me what it means. I didn't know how to pray. I only learned how to pray pre-prepared prayers. So I remember the first time I was praying with an, another Christian. He said, I'm going to be your prayer partner. I said, okay, that's good. We'll pray together. So we're out on the lake at Lake Michigan there, and, and he, he prayed, and then he's quiet. And I said, what, what are we doing? Said, well, now you pray. I'm like, what, what do I say? He said, just say, say your heart to God. And we read a part of the Bible, and we prayed together. Oh, my goodness. It was just discipleship is not a solo project. It's about the church. And, we, you know, I, I don't have time to go into all the one and others that are in Scripture this morning. And, um, but in our new members class, we have a, a sheet of paper that goes over the one and others. I'll put it in the email that goes out after the service today. So you can just take a look at all the, the one and others where to practice towards one another. But we were going over that in class this week. And there was a, a couple in the class that comes from a, a country in the European Union. And they came over here last year. And um, they've really gotten connected into the church. I remember seeing them at the guest lunch. And she, the lady said, she said, if you want to get connected, we're talking about relationships. She said, if you want to get connected when you move to another country, join a church. And I, I, my heart just was just so happy. 
Because I remember they came to the guest lunch. They had found our church online. And there at the guest lunch, I started talking about community groups. And so there, sitting at the table, right next to them, were Chris and Nancy Rogers, who lead a community group for us. So they introduced themselves to each other at the lunch. And lo and behold, this couple from the European Union over here to serve their country and our country lived on the same street as Chris and Nancy Rogers. So now they walk to community group. Every, every time they, they just walk down the street and they're reaching their neighborhood together. And, you know, community groups are just a great place for us to live out these things. It's just, a, it's, it's been a, 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 an aspect of our church that just, you, we, you know, we have three priorities. We experience community, the relationships we're talking about. We engage God in his word and we can talk the word back to each other and grow up together. And we encourage one another in mission. So like Chris and Nancy and this other person, they can reach out to their neighborhood together. They can pray for each other. That's what we do in community groups. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about that as elders. And we want to encourage you. If you're not a part of a community group, consider being a part of one. There's a a map at the Welcome Center where you can actually find out where community groups are near you. And you can go on the website and find what's in those groups. But get connected. If you're not connected to a, a smaller group in this church, community groups is an excellent way for you to do that. Now I want to close by looking at verse 27. I'm just going to read it and uh, just a couple of statements about it. Verse 27. I almost feel like this is a benediction almost from t- for today. So receive this. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. You are the body of Christ and individually members of it. If you've trusted Jesus Christ, if you've been saved by his Holy Spirit, which has been poured out upon you, you've been united with Jesus Christ and you receive the benefits of his perfect life and you've been brought into his family, you remain an individual, you're an individual member, but you've also been brought into the body. So now you are a part of the body of Christ. You know, the imagery of gifts, when a king is coronated in his country, we're unfamiliar with this, we're not a, a monarchy, but he gives gifts to his people because he wants them to know how good his reign is. They want him, they want, he wants them to celebrate his kingship because this king has now been coronated. He's going to reign well and the people are going to prosper. When Jesus, you know, when he suffered in our place, he came to the earth and he took upon himself the form of a servant making himself nothing and he suffered even to the place of death on a cross but he was he didn't remain in the grave after three days he was raised from the dead and now he's seated at the right hand of the father and he's distributed gifts to his people so that his body can love one another and make him known by the way they love one another they can grow up into him who is the head who is Christ They can encourage one another to know, love, and obey Jesus. And they can live this out. You know, we're not, we haven't yet arrived in the celestial city. This is not perfect. So if you're here thinking, wow, this is great. I I want to be in a perfect place like this church. No, that's not the way it works. It's up and down. We suffer. We have difficulties. But brothers and sisters, we do it together. And we need each other. And you have an important part to play. So I just want to encourage you. Thank you if you're serving in many ways and you're already doing lots of things in the community. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But let's let the Word of God encourage us to examine ourselves this morning. 
let's think about how we are investing our gifts and how we can continue to invest our gifts. How we can, are there people we can reach out to and help to know, love, and obey Jesus? Can we reach out to someone and say, can you help me to know, love, and obey Jesus? Let's play our parts. Let's be the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Let's pray. Well, Lord God, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving us out of spiritual death. We were once alone without hope and without help in this world. And you opened our eyes to the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. You have brought us into a family, Lord, where we can grow together. Lord, we pray that as we continue to pursue discipleship individually and as a church, we will all play our part. We, we love you, Lord, and we love your body. And we want to serve you and we want to serve your body. So build us together, Lord, and help us grow for your glory so that your name may be known on the earth to all the nations for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.